This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. It's the holidays. And since it's the holidays, I want to give you a gift. That gift is this very special conversation with the incomparable and celebrated Lydia Bastianich, public television host, chef, restaurateur, mother, grandmother, philanthropist, and one of the women I admire most in the food world. Oh, and by the way, Lydia is the winner of seven James Beard Awards, has been the chef for events at the UN, has published 13 cookbooks, and has cooked for two popes. In addition to celebrating the holidays, we're here to celebrate Lydia and the publication of her newest book, For Lydia, Recipes from My Flagship Restaurant. The book, which she wrote with her chef and her daughter, documents the spirit and taste of her three-star restaurant, Felidia, considered one of the great Italian restaurants in America. Coming up, you'll hear Lydia's journey as a refugee from Italy to becoming ambassador of her culture and the ultimate teacher of Italy's cuisine. This is Lydia's incredible, inspiring, and delicious story. Happy Holidays! In the vast culinary landscape we share, we are all carving out a place for ourselves. Each of us, in our own way, is a one-woman kitchen. I'm Roseanne Gold, and welcome to my kitchen. Lydia Bastianich, I am so thrilled to have you sitting here with me and I think the last time we were actually sitting together was in your restaurant, your fabulous, gorgeous three-star restaurant, Felidia. We had lunch with a very close friend of yours, and I believe that is the last time we broke bread together. Well, right? that's good. We need to do it again soon. I'd like to. <laughs> you know, we both have been in this industry for decades. Uh, you got started a little bit before I did, but... Mm-hmm. I have such a vivid memory of something, Lydia. I grew up in Fresh Meadows, Queens, and there was a restaurant that my family used to go to called Secundo. And uh, one day my mother called me up. I think I had already graduated from college. And she said, Roseanne, she goes, I don't know what happened, but the food at Secundo, it, it got so fabulous. It's so wonderful. It's so good. And um, it was many, many years later that I put wow. the pieces together and realized you were the chef. You I was, and your husband I owned was. it. Yes, yes, we owned it. <laughs> and that was our second restaurant. You know, we I started in the restaurant business in 71. Ah, in, and the, in New York. In Forest Hills, mm-hmm. a little store, nine tables. And... Uh, uh, we had a chef, uh, and I became the sous chef because I was quite young. I was not a full-fledged chef yet. And um, for 10 years, we were there. We increased. We got larger. And then Villa Secondo, who was on Horace Harding, right, off the and Long we lived in Bayside, Bayside. So going home, the place was for rent. I looked up, and I said, gee, that's a cute little restaurant. Let me go see it. Let me see. And we ended up buying it. And then kind of managed the the Villa Secondo until 1980, where we sold Bonavia, the first one, and Villa Secondo, and we ultimately opened Felidia in New York City. That was 1981. Oh, my goodness. And that's really one of the many reasons we're here today, because you just wrote 
your, is this your 12th book, your 13th book? 13th. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good luck, right, Lydia? Absolutely. And it's called Felidia, Recipes from My Flagship Restaurant. It is beautiful. And I must say, what an amazing gift for the holidays. I love this book, Lydia, and... I created a menu that I want to make for myself already from this book. Tell me what you think of my menu. Mussels Triastina to start. Great choice. Okay. Then I want to have the risotto with porcini and coffee. Okay. (laughs) And then I saw, I, I don't know why this attracted me so much, the asparagus and leeks in the lemon vinaigrette. And then for dessert, I'd like the torta caprese, which is your almond and chocolate cake. Right. What do you think of that menu? I, I think it's a good menu, a good choice. Uh, you, <laughs> with you with know, your Roseanne, recipes. <laughs> uh, Roseanne, uh, after, after it's 39, 38, 39 years, uh, you know, to, to consider to write a restaurant cookbook. And restaurant cookbooks can be intimidating. Mm. But, uh, you know, we are not at Felidia. It's not about being an art chef. It's about cooking real food, cooking food that I grew up in a sense. In the restaurant, you do elaborate it. Uh, I've since, and I started there, I was the chef in 1981. And after 19 years uh, with a a new knee, needing a new knee, oh. I gave I gave my my reins to Fortunato Nicotra, who's the chef there, and so he is a Sicilian, born in Sicily, raised in in Torino, so he has the north and south of Italy covered, and uh, uh, you know when I decided that you know I needed to 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 go out and take care of my knee, uh, he came in and he took over, and uh, it wasn't easy. Mm-mm. To give it's like giving a child to my baby to somebody, you know. Mm. So, but but he was great. He was young. He was very talented. A friend of mine had recommended him from Italy, a chef, uh, Luigi Caputo, and uh, he was very willing to to collaborate and work together. Until this day, you know, we collaborate. We talk recipes. He sets it up. It makes me taste. And this book is a collaboration between him and I. And my daughter, Tanya, who really did a lot of the research. Now, the the risotto with mushrooms, that's typical mine. Actually, Julia Child, when she came to Felidia the first time, yes. that's what she ate. And, <laughs> and she wanted to know how to make it. We did. Uh, but the cafe, the coffee ad- addendum yes. is Fortunato. Ah. So it's this combination. Uh, but you can see how it goes well together. Oh, I love this, Lydia. You know, um, you've already said so many things that have got my mind going. Number one is uh, the idea of collaboration. And I know that it's so beautiful. I know how important your family is to you and food. And you found a gorgeous way to bring them all together. But that you do work with your son. You own two or created two wineries. Uh, you do many of your books with your daughter. Um, I know that your mother is a big part of your She's 98, going to be 99 in January, and still she lives with me and still is as lucid as they come, and she's on top. She wants to know everything that's happening. She cannot kind of walk around as much as she did, but she wants to know everything that's happening. And and yes, uh, Roseanne, for me, uh, family is at the basis, you know, that kind of uh, holding together. It gives me pleasure. It gives me uh, strength. Mm. Uh, this transgenerational four family, and now to see both of my children 
come back in the industry. You know, Roseanne, when we first had the first restaurant, uh, Bonavia, that I was talking about in Forest Hills, uh, the kids were small. And we would bring them into the restaurant because that's the way it was. Right. My mother would come in, she would make the gnocchi, they would have dinner, and then she would take them home to go to bed, and we would continue uh, our work of the evening. And I always used to tell them once they got a teenagers, this is not what you want to do. You want to go to school and get a real American job. No, mm. I didn't know. I don't know what that <laughs> means. But And so they did. They went on to school, you know, my son business, uh, ultimately Wall Street, and, My daughter, and Tanya the, got a degree, PhD from Oxford. Exactly. Gosh, in, in Renaissance what a smart art cookie. <laughs> in Renaissance art history. And then they both slowly came back. And I, I, can't take of a, I can't think of a greater gift for a mother, especially a mother that's professional, that loves to work, that is yes. passionate about her profession. That, you know, business-wise uh, has a good sense because unless you control your business, you go nowhere. Um that my children ultimately wanted to come back and work with with the family with me. Now, having said that, Rosanne, that's not that easy, you know, because <laughs> no, working with families not. But we manage, and it's beautiful because they're great children. Uh, maybe maybe I, I'll go one step further and tell you. And the thing to realize, I think, with families and businesses and children is that you need to give the children space to grow in their own achievements in their mm. own plans roots and wings right and, that's exactly. what a parent does and and that's what happens lydia you mentioned um also julia child that she came and loved this risotto dish and i was thinking a little bit about julia's career and yours and every so often people kind of think of you together a little bit but i think of you very differently um if i was asked to sum you up in like one sentence just came to me recently that you are the matriarch of the food world, plain and simple. And this is really the way I see you. I mean, I've been one of your biggest fans, and which is why I'm even a little nervous to be sitting with you today. But no. it's, it's a great feeling. Um, because you, uh, look, I knew Julia and I loved her as well, but she was a cookbook author and a home cook and also very intelligent and cultured and really sat at the intersection of many ideas. But you are a businesswoman. You own many restaurants. Uh, you've written many cookbooks. You are a very celebrated host on PBS of many food shows. You are a documentary filmmaker, matriarch, ambassador. You just represent everything that I really admire so much. And I don't want to make you blush, but that's how I'm feeling. That's all I want to say. Well, but I, I love I love the work, uh, the word matriarch in a sense in a, in a motherly sense, yes. in an in kind of yes, uh, you know, I love to nurture people. I I love uh, again, you know, the family and being part of the family, and being kind of bringing also to my audience through the restaurant that kind of welcoming attitude with homemade food, with food that makes you feel good, with food that is is healthy for you with food that you know i pay attention who where whose vegetables i buy are they uh, organic mm. are they you know who, who's what are the animals are they hormone free and all of that and i pay attention in home i pay attention in the restaurants and uh, roseanne when i do a book signing and i kind of meet my my face-to-face -face, mm. uh, uh, clients and 
I get this very often. You remind me of my mother. You bring me home. You remember, mm. remind me of my grandmother. Uh, the whole family sits around and watches you. And I love that. I love that I can bring that kind of connection or that platform to my viewers and to America. Because, you know, I came here as a 12 years old immigrant. Uh, America uh, has has really given me the opportunity that I don't think I could have ever had anyplace else. It's so exciting. And, 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 and you know, I'm very grateful for that. And, uh, and I feel that I am connecting. I'm connecting with, <laughs> with America. Well, I can say that's for sure, because I just read some of your uh, data. <laughs> and did you know that you have one million uh, page views a month? On your website, on LydiaIsItaly.com. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Lydia, I do my homework. I really did did some research. Yes, I I think you have truly connected with with America. Uh, The other thing you mentioned, just getting back to the restaurant for Lydia and your cookbook, this beautiful new cookbook, is that the the reason I love it is, you know, I've spent a lot of my life in restaurants and kind of fancy schmancy ones, too. This is a very elegant cookbook, and it's a very elegant restaurant. Lydia is three stars. And yet there's something when you look at these recipes, they look so doable, and they look so um, the antithesis of fancy. They look real. They look just delicious and mouthwatering. The photography is lovely. It's just beautiful. Well, thank you. And, you know, there is a philosophy behind that simplicity. And maybe I'll take it back again to Julia Child. When I first uh, opened for Lydia, and here I was, I was about 34, the chef, a young chef, yes. woman, Italian. And what I kind of profess at that time and cooked was family cooking, the cooking of the regions of Italy. I said, you know, that's what we eat at home. And that's what I want to cook in my restaurant. And, uh, uh she came over, you know, she wanted, She was curious, who is this woman? But she was curious about the risotto. She asked me to, to teach her. She did. We ultimately did become the friends that you that you said. And actually, until the very end, I visited her when just oh. a few days before she passed. And uh, Oh, I didn't realize you were that close. How beautiful. Yeah, I, I just loved, loved her. And I loved, and her philosophy was... You know, when you watch the, the her show, is she wanted the audience to really learn, and she wanted them to get in the kitchen and cook. And I said, but that's what teaching is all about. It's not about showing how much we as chef professionals know, but how can we transport this to a comfort zone for families to cook? And And she was the one that actually asked me, to come on her show, mm. uh, Master Chef Series, and that's where I got my opportunity for my own show. Is that right? Wow! So, so the book, the book goes back to that philosophy: the simple cooking at home, and the restaurant is based on that philosophy. Yes, home cooking, but it gets a little bit elaborated. So, in this case, we took the recipes that we cannot take off the menu at Felidia. <laughs> And and really made them home doable. Still, with all the flavors and everything, because that doesn't mean that if you kind of uh, lower the... Simplify. Simplify a recipe that you lose flavor. It's no. still delicious. Anticipating being with you today, I know quite a bit about you, but I really did want to make sure I was up to date on everything and ask for someone in your office to send me your bio. Lydia, your bio is 34 pages. 
It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> and I printed it out. I printed it out, and I've been reading every page because I'm so curious after 45 years in, in the industry and countless awards and books and TV shows, all of it. What stands out for you right now? Life is is a, a crescendo, I think, mm. a building of memories, of of uh, achievements, if you will. And I cherish every step of the way because it was a growth in me as a woman, uh, uh, a mature, uh, uh, a maturing chef, uh, a maturing businesswoman, a mother, ultimately becoming a grandmother. So all of these segments, all of these parts of my life, are very important for the ultimate whole of who is Lydia. Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 and keeping those elements in balance, sometimes you have to pay more attention to the business. Sometimes your children needs you, need you more and so on. And so it's, you know, it's a balancing act, if you will. Uh, but, but I couldn't be me without uh, because those are all very important parts of my life. I am so happy to hear you say this because I think for younger people who are a little bit seduced by social media and seeing people on television and there's a goal when you ask many of them, because I'm teaching now too, and ask people in their early 20s, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, the answer is very often famous. And they really don't fully understand, especially for women in the food space, how hard it's been. And 40 years ago, when we were getting started, it was really lonely. I'm not even going to, I don't want to say tough because I think we signed on for that, but we had no role models really. We had a few, but there was no one really encouraging us or steering us or helping us. We had to invent ourselves every step of the way. Absolutely. I mean, you were right up there because I remember, you know, uh, we, we used to sort of have the different gatherings and we made sure that we invited the few women that we really know right. uh, that we knew. And we made sure that we came to the event and that we made a difference, uh, you know, uh, mm. and and it was it was uh, difficult. And but, you know, um when I get asked to speak, especially you're talking about young young people and young women in the industry, um, what should I say to these young women? Mm. And the thing that is, maybe it's not what they expect, but I said, I always say, I say, invest in yourself. Be the best that you can be. Whatever you want to be. You want to be a pastry chef, you want to be a chef, be the best. Do not think about gender. Think about profession. Mm. Be the best professional that you can be, then go out there and do it and make it happen. And if you invest it in yourself and if you have those that, that potential to do it, it will float. It will stand out and you will, will come. So I think, you know, um, uh, as women, what's important is, you know, to trust ourselves, believe in ourselves mm. and spend the time to 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 uh, um educate to train to to be as good as we can but that means also in life you need to have a whole a, a fulfilled life and it's so it's different for everybody else don't neglect other parts of life because nurturing for for somebody is nature is great music i love great music so give yourself time for all of that make yourself a complete professional, you know, satisfied. And when you're satisfied, when you're prepared, you go out there and you make it happen. 
I'm so glad you referenced that too, because I've seen you uh, give lectures and talks, and most recently, I think I saw you on stage at the Rubin Museum with a neuroscientist. And this idea about being the best you can be is great, but also the idea of food doesn't exist in a vacuum. So the more you read and the more you know about music and art and museums and and uh, travel and what it is to be a human being in this world is only going to, you know, really help the journey because being in the food profession now is no longer just with your head down in front of your chopping board. People who are in this profession now have become very well educated and it's um, the whole profession, I think, has been raised to such a high level. And it's very exciting. It's exciting. and It's wonderful to see, to see these young people that come come out of, of usually college plus culinary school. And they're really excited and ready and gearing to go. They need the hands-on. They need the mentoring element to develop themselves as far as the coloratura of their product. You know, what are they going to do now? How are they going to deliver it? And each one of us, just like a painter, you know, we develop our own palette. So, and that comes through working with other people to informing yourself. So it's wonderful. It's a wonderful time for our industry. I think it's also wonderful because the industry is, is very much at the basis of our world, the, how we care about our world, the, the, the environment, uh, the nutritional element, the, will we have enough food, uh, to, to last? So we are at, the basis of all of that, of existence, really. Lydia, it's so true. I gave my class as a parting assignment, because uh, the last class was last night, uh, to write down a food-related wish that they had for themselves or the planet. And I had no idea what responses that I would get. And I was thinking how different they were this year as they would be even 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I might have written, I'd like to go to France and eat in 10 three-star restaurants, or I want to, uh, you know, cook in Italy or something that felt a little bit more um, hedonistic. What did 15 of these students say? I want every scrap of food to be composted. I want everyone to be able to have a warm meal. I want us to pay attention to the planet. It was such a different ethos today. And I was actually very excited about that. That's that's wonderful to hear because I sense that out there. I sense, you know, as chefs, uh, we are um, uh, at the at the beginning of a lot of r- real trends, not trends, trends, real trend. What are people? Uh, uh, what do people care about? What uh, What do they want? What do they? You know, and how this consciousness will the whole world be fed? Be able to be fed because we are using the food, we are cooking the food, we are teaching the people how to use food, and you know, there's nothing more than I love to teach is how to cook uh, chicken liver, tripe, <laughs> oxtails. These are all the parts of the animal that maybe, you know, we had forgotten somewhat. We need to come back. We need to appreciate every morsel of food. Wonderful. And that's perfect because when we come back, we're going to talk about your childhood and uh, how you probably ate nose to tail when you were growing up and how you really ate off the land and uh, how you want to share that experience with your readers and listeners and the people who love you so much. And the gate to the garden of fulfilled desire. 
here's a cooking tip to share. My cooking tip this holiday season is to keep it simple and to share the joy that cooking together can bring. And I want to thank you for joining me and the remarkable women who shared their inspiring stories in and out of the kitchen. Happy holidays to all. Lydia, we are in the thick of the holiday season. And I do want to talk to you a little bit about how you celebrated holidays when you were young and also now with your children and grandchildren. But let's go back to the kitchen of your childhood. Where is it? Who is there? What are you smelling? What are you eating? Paint a picture for us. Well, Roseanne, I think I first have to do a little bit of historical groundwork. Okay. So uh, (laughs) I was born in a peninsula called Istria. It no longer is Italy. So if you look up uh, Venice, Trieste, uh, across the border, uh, now that's Croatia. Uh, But that was Italy, and Italy during World War II lost the war, and hence... uh, lost that whole territory by the Paris Treaty of 1947. Istria was given, Eastern part of Dalmatia was given to the newly formed communist Yugoslavia. Hmm. So that was in 1947. The war ended in 44, but there were three years of waiting period. And we were Italian. And in that area, there were other ethnicities. But Communism came, we couldn't speak Italian, we couldn't practice, go to church, we couldn't, mm-hmm. uh, they changed our name. So things got really difficult. Uh, uh, my mother was a, uh, an elementary school teacher, my father a mechanic, he had uh, two trucks. Uh, ultimately, they seized his trucks, they deemed him a capitalist, put him in, in jail. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, my mother took my brother and myself and put us with grandma. Grandma was a little bit outside. The city I was born was is now called Pula. It was called Pola before. And uh, uh, she and they remain in the city, but I was put with grandma in this idyllic place, if you will, especially now in retrospect, uh, uh, where grandma was in charge of sort of providing food for all of us. You know, there was mm. a scarcity of food at that time. So we had chickens, we had duck, we had rabbit, we had two goats. Every morning I would milk the goats with grandma and drink it warm mil- uh, goat's milk, mm. uh, you know, with, with the foam. When you milk, it makes the foam, you know, just like a cappuccino. Uh, we had... <laughs> And you're looking at me as though I've had this experience. No, I have not. Oh, well, I'll I'll go into details. We had two pigs and the slaughter every November, you know, and we made the sausages and we made the the prosciutto. And, you know, my my specialty was blood sausages. Imagine this little girl. I remember, Grandma, you know, we had the butchers, you know, you didn't take the animal to a slaughterhouse. So we had imacelai, they were called, they would travel through the towns and doing just that. And two of them would come, they would take the 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 animal, put them on a board up on top of two barrels, a board, put the animal and a sharp knife, they would go right into their heart and killed it. And then they would put it on the side and grandma was there with the with the a pot collecting every drop of blood. You see, this is so so still ingrained. And wow. then 
And mm -hmm. then she would bring it to the kitchen and her and I, I would mix because that was, you know, I was little, I was an assistant. And she would put some <laughs> corn and raisins and all that and made blood sausages. And from then on, the whole breaking down of the animal and curing it with salt and hanging it and uh, putting uh, weights on it. I remember mm -hmm. all that so vividly. With joy, though. This was something yeah, you were helping was, your grandmother. It was pleasant. It was, it was pleasant. You know, this was, it was food. Mm. and was respected. Uh, nothing was wasted, even the tail. I remember the curly tail was salted, and even that went into a soup. So, so, And then, of course, she had the garden, and the garden, seasonal vegetables. We would eat, of course, and collect. I mean, I would go and collect the potatoes with her. She would, with the hoe, get the big ones. I was in the back with little, my little basket <laughs> collecting the small one out of the, out of the dirt. Mm. So nothing was wasted. And the potatoes were still warm, so it was wonderful. Wow. Like like they had, they had life. But beans, you know, we string beans, and then we let them mature. We would shell them and let them dry for the winter. We would figs, you know, when they matured, we ate them off the trees. We had uh, our lunch could have been just figs, and it was perfectly fine. But then we would dry them on 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 a wall, and we would put leaves of figs, and it stand each fig on tap and let it dry and turn it in the sun so it would dry. And uh, we had a few olive uh, trees. Grandpa made olive oil, I remember, and that also comes in November. And, of course, we had some uh, uh, vines and he made wine. And I was a participant in all of this. What an education. You know, right? so so I couldn't. But, you know, those 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 the smells, the intensity. I mean, when the oil comes down, they used to do it with a little bit of hot water and you take a piece of bread and you dunk in the olive oil. I remember, I remember the flavor. So my, my reference library of flavors till this day in cooking goes back to those. Those were kind of embedded in my, in my mind, in my sentiments. And uh, I, they never left me. As a matter of fact, you know, when ultimately my parents decided that we needed to move on, uh, we couldn't go as a family. They wouldn't let you go. But we had relatives on Trieste that were left on the Italian side. So my mother, my brother, and I, we went to visit supposedly at Sicant. My brother, were, my father was left back uh, because they, you know, if we all went, they knew that we would stay. Ultimately, he did escape after a week and joined us in Trieste. And that Trieste was not easy because we didn't have papers, even though we had relatives, but we didn't have papers. My father was without papers. We ended up going to the police. They put us in a political refugee camp. Wow. I and had no idea. We mm. spent two years in San Saba is the political refugee camp at that time. Now it is a museum. But it was a, a, a Nazi concentration camp before that. So it was a, a dreary place. And we stayed for two years there, awaited. And finally, in 1958, Dwight Eisenhower was the president. He opened immigration for uh, people fleeing communism. So, you know, I was, and I did, uh, I did write uh, my American uh, dream. Your memoir. My, my memoirs, yeah, which all of this uh, is in it. Uh, because, I, you know, uh, I think it's, you know, even thinking about today and the immigration and what's happening in the world, it's so parallel to what I experience. You can really but relate. You, yeah, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, we never learn, do we? No. Okay. So... <laughs> Let's go back to food, to positive. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Uh, so the, you the, were talking about the smells and that you can't, you know, forget them ever. And and Lydia, I think we've even talked about this, but it's so fascinating because the area in the brain um, that 
stores memory is very, very closely related to our olfactory hub. It's almost like just a half an inch apart. So it's really no accident that smell and memory are so closely related. And I think we have no control over it either. Even if we wanted to forget a smell, I think it is so embedded in our brains that we really could not. This has made you such an amazing chef and your precision about flavors and what belongs together is, is, you know, this is your skill. But for me, the olfactory also has a very emotional connection. Mm. Not only for me, I think for everybody. You see, when we ultimately were in Trieste and then my father came, I realized that we were not going to go back to to Pula to my grandmother. And, uh, um, you know, I had not said goodbye to her, I, you know, my animals and all that. So there was this kind of pang of kind of nostalgia. And I kind of relieved it by cooking and repeating those aromas and smells that I remember. And I brought my grandmother and my place uh, back with me. Only later did I realize that that was the phenomenon that was happening, that was nurturing my emotions, mm. was the food, was the smells. that. Uh, and, uh, you know, ever since I continue to communicate with food, and I think, you know, many people, food is a way of communicating, of showing emotions, of showing love, of caring. Well, you certainly embodied that. You mentioned something about blood sausage being such a strong memory of the actual making of it. I happen to like it. But is there um, one dish from childhood from that grandmother's kitchen that you remember? One ultimate comfort dish from back then? That um, I, I think, you know, we ate was either either uh, uh, polenta or gnocchi. We used to love to make, grandma would make gnocchi, and us kids would love gnocchi because we would help. Any dough, I think kids love to get their hands into it and work it. So gnocchi on Sunday, <laughs> uh, we would make the potato gnocchi and roll it. But for us kids, grandma would make also gnocchi con susini, plum gnocchis. Mm. And so this is, you know, it's it's delicious. It's, <laughs> it's the same gnocchi dough. Uh-huh. When the plums were in season and they were mature, you took the pit out, and you you took you made like a little a little little pizza, if you will, of the gnocchi dough. Yeah. You put the plum in the middle with a little bit of sugar, and then you closed it in and made it into a ball so mm. that the plum was closed into the gnocchi. Then you cooked that, you boiled it, and you boiled it for a while because dough had to cook, and the plum inside, even though it was mature, it had to kind of break down a little bit. And when it was cooked, it came, it floated up, and it cooked uh, for a few minutes, even five, seven minutes, uh, separately uh, in the pan, uh, butter, and breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. uh, toasted butter and breadcrumbs, and then some granulated sugar and cinnamon. And this became like, you know, like a, like a breading kind of, and we would put this whole gnocco cooked with the plums, rolled it in this mixture of breadcrumbs, <laughs> and it would be all coated so that we had kind of a double treat uh, on, on Sunday. So gnocco was one of the festive meals that we had as children. Oh, if everyone could just see your face as you talk about this dish, they would be smiling like I am. When we come back, Lydia, I do want to talk a little bit more about what the holidays mean to you. If you're wondering about my beautiful theme music, it's called The Garden, written and performed by award-winning singer-songwriter Audrey Appleby. Follow me on Instagram at Roseanne Gold. And check out everything I'm up to on my website at rosangold.com. 
So Lydia, we're in the middle of the holidays. How will you be celebrating? With family. Uh, first of all, you know, I think the restaurants and the family, the restaurants are all festive and geared. We have uh, the um, uh, La Vigilia, you know, the eve of Christmas, which for, for, for us Italians is all about seafood and people love it. So all the chefs are gearing and different menus at our restaurants uh, that they make with fish. Do we have seven? Do we have 13 fishes? What? <laughs> so that's people really look forward to because, you know, fish is to do it well. Uh, it's not easy to, to work it. But we also have the bacala mantecato, which mm. I must have. You know, so that's unique salt and that's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, whipped salt. Cut. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, of course, uh, Chris, because Christmas Day also, we are closed at the restaurants. I think. And when you say restaurants, let's, let's be clear about how many we're well, talking he, about. You have Becco, Felidia, Felidia, Del Posto, Del Posto, with a new fabulous woman chef, right? Oh, Melissa sure. Rodriguez. She oh, is great. I hear she amazing things. Young and great. And then, of course, there's uh, Babbo and there's Otto. <laughs> And there's, uh, uh, there's, you know, all the restaurants Casa, in Casamono, Italy, Casamono, Italy, then Lydia's Kansas City. So there's, there's, there's oh. a lot, there's, yeah, there's a lot to, to do there. And, uh, but the Christmas, we, we close because it's, so the big event is Christmas Eve and then the plan of New Year's, New Year's, New Year's Eve. That's a big day also. So the restaurants are all geared up in their face. I can tell you, you know, uh, walking in and out of the restaurants, you feel, you feel the energy, the people, people are feeling. Uh, and it's great to sense that because especially, you know, in the time, sometimes watching the news and all that, you get a little bit depressed. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, the people <laughs> out there, our sense since the holidays. And I, I love that. That's nice. And at house, at home, then Christmas Day is at my house, you know, with my mother, 98. Uh, <laughs> they all her. They all come. I think we're going to be 24 or 25 of us. So this is your two children and their children. How many grandchildren do you have? I have five grandchildren. Joe has three. Tanya has two. Wonderful. The smallest one is 16. So imagine time flies. Oh, and well. the biggest one, uh, she's graduating from college uh, this uh, this coming year. So th that's one. Then my brother is coming. And then uh, his daughter with two of her children and some friends. So we are, we are, it's, it's about family. It's, it's actually, I have to do two parallel tables, uh, you know, like kind of railroad tracks <laughs> <laughs> to fit everybody. But it's uh, it's about uh, a, a big antipasto, you know, and uh, Lydia, will be, you be actually cooking yes, everything? Yes, you yes. don't get tired of it. No, oh, no, that's no. so beautiful. No, no, no. I love to cook. I, my daughter Tanya will help. Grandma usually sits at the table, ninety-eight, mind you, <laughs> and I put a, a newspaper there. She cleans all the onions. She cleans all the garlic. Oh. She does all of that. So she is Mise very much. Yes, yes. <laughs> she is very much part of it. And uh, uh, then we do a, a capon soup. That's very mm. capon soup with uh, tortellini, the, with annellini, an annellini actually, which are not folded, just round sort of little hats that are stuffed uh, with 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 meat. Uh, and uh, but the antipasto is endless. So you know uh, the the aperitivo, the prosecco, this, and then <laughs> we sit down to 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 roast. Uh, and you know what I remember was usually a roast. 
pork shoulder or a rib. But sometimes I make, uh, and we're still discussing ah. a prime rib. And of course, there's uh, the part also of, uh, if you will, pescatarians that are yes. there. So we'll have some fish, maybe salmon. I'll see a nice roasted fish and lots of vegetables. You know, it's it's chicory time. It's mm. broccoli di rape time. It's kale time. It's all of those good vegetables. And I love vegetables. And then, and then I will have that that you chose for dessert. Yes, the, yeah, the torta the caprese, caprese, the caprese. Now, is this is, a classic uh, dessert? It is. It, it's absolutely. It's from mm -hmm. from around uh, Naples. And it's in the book, and it's so simple to make because it takes uh, um, it's uh, f almond flour is what makes it moist and lots ah. of chocolate, and it's sort of like like um, an Italian version of the brownie. Oh, yeah, that's very nice. Everybody loves that. It's that kind <laughs> of a, a moisture moisture to it. Uh, it's a bit uh, almondy. It doesn't have the the nuts like the brownies in it, but it has right. it in the flour. But it's that same texture and it's delicious. Mm, sounds wonderful. And it's simple to make. Yeah, I took a look at it, and I think it's also gluten-free, yes? yes, because absolutely. you're using almond flour. Almond so that's... flowers, eggs, almond flour, yes. So fabulous. Lydia, um, is there a legacy recipe that you have, you know, you probably have created thousands of recipes over the years, but is there one that sort of symbolizes? Roseanne, you yes. know, uh, I get this question all the time. What what is your recipe? What did you invent? I didn't invent anything. I mean, you know, I use the, uh, and respectfully, the Italian culinary uh, culture and repertoire because that's what I represent. So I go to the source and I'll, do I change them slightly? Yes. You know, I kind of modify them, whatever. Uh, one of the recipes that could be altered and modified in many different ways, but it's always a constant, is osobuco. Ah, People love it in the restaurant. We can't take it off, whether it's Felidia or Becco or whatever. We can't take it off the menu. And I love it because, you know, it has that long cooking uh, flavor where you, the the carrots, the celery, the orange rinds, the cloves, the bay leaves, the rosemary, all of that kind of develops into a, a wonderful kind of uh, velvety sauce, if you will. And then it goes and uh, the, the, the gelatin part, the cartilage from the, from the meat itself, the marrow from the bone, from the osopoco, all gives to this wonderful flavor of the sauce. And, you know, what's one thing it's, it's good, especially even for family is that you can make, I mean, you know, pot, you can put four, six, eight, 12, depends, you know, how, how big your pot is, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and you can, it's also doable in advance. So it's one of those very delicious but shall we say forgiving recipes mm. that you know you you shouldn't feel too too afraid of doing it. So you know, I make it with with veal. I make it with pork. I make it. You know, you can you can change it many even even a turkey drumstick kind uh -huh. of the big turkey you cut it in. You can make it in osobuco style. It's endless on how many versions of this classic can be made. Right. So so what's a metaphor for you of what the ultimate kind of style of Italian um, cooking and yeah. family and food and that, eating together and forgiving. Absolutely. Right. That with a nice risotto next to it. Mm. It's it's perfect. But something, you know, some star starch to mop up the sauce. But polenta, absolutely. You know, up where we come from, Friuli, of that, that area, 
We are called polentoni, so we... Oh, I didn't know. Oh, you didn't. (laughs) Well, we are. We use polenta a lot, so you can put polenta on the side, but you can put barley on the side. Any, so you can really diversify it, and uh, uh, the the, the dish can be really... It feels inviting and cozy, and, uh, you know, it warms the heart. Sounds so wonderful. Lydia, you have won seven James Beard Awards. You have won hundreds of other awards. You have cooked for the Pope. Uh, You have done events at the United... Oh, you've cooked for the Pope twice, or two different Popes. (laughs) Okay. You've cooked at the United Nations. You are um, a humanitarian in every sense of the word. What's important to you right now? What's coming up? I think uh, this uh, what's important to me is uh, that I'm still excited and in love with what I do. Mm. But what what I think uh, is for me is uh, it leads me to a happy places that I share this that I that I have time to mentor that I touch different people and you know because uh, uh, you know I feel that you know you're given certain gifts and you have to make the maximum of it, you know, you have to, but then they're not really yours to keep and to take away with you when you go. So leaving them, yes, I have my children and I have, but uh, touching as much as I can uh, uh, in the mentoring of my industry, but also giving back because in that trip that that we talked about that I uh, I was an immigrant and I left a lot of people. I mean, when we came to the United States, we had we didn't speak the language. We had nobody. The Catholic Relief Services took care of us, and a lot of people cared, and a lot of people gave. They came came to fill our refrigerator. They came to fill our cupboards. Uh, you know, bring us sheets and whatever. So you can't forget that. You know, I can't. And uh, you know, I'm in a place now that I can make a difference. So working at the United Nation with with the refugee uh, fund and uh, generating funds, doing events to build uh, schools for young children refugees in camps in their own site, not here in the states, in where they are, because a child uh, in in a refugee camp on the average loses two years of education so so doing that uh, that is is kind of working with autistic children i cook with autistic children i see to see those faces you know kind of because food connects to them you know an autistic child has difficulties in connecting socially and uh, food kind of transcends that mm. if you make them work with their again gnocchi is one of those <laughs> and, and you know what else does aroma aroma i kind of work with the with the different herbs i make them rub it in their hands and put it on there and it kind of there's an awakening mm. they connect to those smells and all of that so working with autistic children is 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 uh, very important for me um I, I'm just uh, um, uh, working with childcare here in in New York. The childcare, and August uh, um, uh, the August Martin High School in Jamaica. They have a culinary program. Uh, we're going to work on really uh, making that program an accredited program where these youngster youngsters have an opportunity to to be mentored outside, going to restaurants, and ultimately get a 
uh, kind of a little degree of plaque because you know you know as well as I know that in our industry we're always in need of people and it doesn't not always a chef you need basic skills and so if somebody comes out of high school and has the basic you know kind of a, a, a little piece of paper that says you know they worked they did so much uh, outside work it could open the doors for them too. So, you know, I, I, I get involved as much as I can in, in, in giving back and in doing things. Lydia, one wonders how you have the time. And I've never said this before to anyone, but God bless. I mean, you're just amazing. So here's a question I ask everyone on the show. What does One Woman Kitchen mean to you? One Woman Kitchen? Oh, I I love it. You know, I love being in the kitchen. But for me, it's never one woman. It's either my mother or my daughter now. Uh, I love uh, 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 an inviting kitchen, let's say, where people can work together. And I think, especially if you think about family, it's a great place to unite family, to connect with family. And especially when it all culminates on a beautiful table full of good food and everybody getting together, it's the best place for society is a table full of family, friends, and some food. And it doesn't have to be the best food, just food. That is so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Lydia, happy holidays. Thank you for being here with me today. And thank you to all of you for joining me and Lydia on One Woman Kitchen. I'm Roseanne Gold. And again, happy holidays. One Woman Kitchen is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. Follow me on Instagram at Roseanne Gold and check out everything I'm up to on my website at RoseanneGold.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.